Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. You know, in the, they'll put it up on the screen for us, but in Psalm 34, in Psalm 34 and verse uh, 8, Psalm 34, verse 8, says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Amen? You know, we're, we're, he's not saying taste and, and, and I'll prove to you that I'm good. He, why? Because if you, once you taste it, you're going to know he's good. You know, it was good before you tasted it. Amen? It was good before I tasted it. It's like a chocolate chip cookie. If it's made right... Before you ever tasted it, it's good. Amen? Amen. If, if it's made right. Well, everything by God's made right. Amen? He's perfect in everything that He does. And when we taste and see this, and that's what that, that word taste means literally to taste or to perceive. But that word see, one of the words for it is to mark. Mark. And, and mark that point where God's goodness became real to you. Mark that point. That there was a day that the goodness of God became real to every person in this room, every person watching in Branson, every person watching in line. Amen? It probably should have started the day you were saved. Right? Right? I mean, I can still remember. Seven years old. I was talking to Rob about it earlier. Seven years old, Jefferson Avenue Baptist Church on the corner of Jefferson and Sunshine in Springfield, Missouri. Revival. I remember it to this day, and I got up out of my seat at the end of that, and I knew I needed Jesus. I knew that I wanted Jesus. Walked down, didn't, no one came with me. Mom, I think I surprised mom, she took me. You know, I started going to church with my mom really young. Anytime she asked, I'd go. She asked me to go that night, I think I said, okay. You're going, mom, I'm going. I don't even know if any of the rest of the kids were there. But I remember at the end of that service, I could not stop myself from walking down to the front of that church. Glory to God. And it it was the first mark of God's goodness because I knew that day He saved me. He he cleaned me up and He saved me even at seven years old. You you hear those stories about those five-year-olds and they're giving their testimony and they say, I was steeped in sin. (laughs) At seven seven and five, you're probably not steeped in sin, except for the sin we were born with. Amen? But I knew at that moment that the goodness of God had entered my life. Amen? Everybody in here been saved a long time? Is there anybody in here that's just been saved maybe a, even a year or less? It's not off, not often on a Friday night, but maybe a year or less. Anyone? Well, that's good. <laughs> that's good. It's good that everybody's saved. You know, because those are markers. Those, those are markers. And, I mean, th- those mean a lot in your life. And you know what? Many people who get saved later in life, it even means more because it took them a long time to realize the goodness of God in their life. It took them a long time to get to that mark. Amen? And, and when they got to it, guess what they don't? They don't ever let it go. Amen? Because they've experienced the goodness of God in their life, and it's a mark in their life that, that they can go back to and think about. When I think I, I get joy 
when I think about that. I think about how great God is when I think about that. Amen? I remember it wasn't long after that, a couple of years later, I was at a vacation Bible school, Northside General Baptist Church. If you have four kids, you send them to every Bible school, every vacation Bible school you can because you get the break. Mom wanted the break, <laughs> especially from us four. So we went to vacation Bible school. But there was a teacher in there, and she said this, and I've never forgotten it to this day. She said, God can do nothing less than perfect. And it marked me because that day I heard God's good and he can only do good. That's what my little mind heard because I'd heard a lot of other things even in that time that, you know, God, God may help you, may not help you. But at that moment, all of a sudden I knew he could only do good. There was no bad that he could do. He could only do good. If we saw something bad, something else got involved. Something somewhere else. You know, it's kind of like the things that are in the earth today. He made them all good when he made them, but they got messed up when they got down here. Right? Sometimes we mess them up. Sometimes just the curse messed them up. Amen? But but that moment marked my life. I still remember it. I remember we were sitting there and I was eating my eating my little vanilla cookies. You know, they're chocolate on one side, vanilla on the one, you have the white, right? And the red Kool-Aid. Right? And she starts talking about that. And, you know, one day I'm going to go to heaven and I'm going to thank her. Because that set me on a course to realize that God was not my enemy. He was good. Amen? Anybody else ever had a mark like that in their life? Huh? If you raise your hand, you better be careful. (laughs) Anybody got something like that there? Come up here and tell me about it. Come on, Rob, grab a mic. This is the goodness of God. These are the things we want to remember tonight. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. He'll, he'll hold it for you. Thank you. Anyway, I was a young, probably 11 years old. I'd given my life to the Lord when I was six. And uh, I went to a church camp, just like you said. You know, <laughs> Mom sent, you, sent me off to church camp. Yeah. Well, there was a, a an awakening I had, and my counselor saw it in me, and uh, he had this little dog, little plastic dog, and uh, he had everybody in the whole camp sign it, and then he gave it to me, and that was a mark in my life that um, somebody else cared. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Christians cared for each other. Yeah. It was the love of God. Thank it was the love of God. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Glory to God. Those are the kind of, you know, we can talk about God got me a car. God, God helped me get a house. And he did. But it was these marks that got you to the place where you could believe God. Right. Was that good? You know, because the goodness of God starts in here. Amen. And because, and you know, someday you're still going to remember His goodness. It's going to be in heaven, and your car's not going to be with you. Right? Your house ain't going to be there. They're all going to be great things that he, he loves for us to have. He loves for us to have them. But they're not going to be the markers. People are your markers. Things that happen through people and you working with people. Those are the things. The eternal value of God goes through those things. Amen? And, and if we lose 
track of that, we get into looking for stuff. Right? God wants you to have stuff. I'm a father. I can tell you. I want my daughter to have stuff. The best stuff. All the stuff. Glory to God. Which was, an, which was probably one of the biggest markers in my life was when she came into our life because we believed for children for years and couldn't have any. And we basically quit. You know, we just told people, ah, we don't need them. We're okay. You know, which was a lie, but it's a good way to, a good way to hide it, right? And, you know, one day Kim got it on her heart to adopt and when she did that, things just started clicking. You could see the goodness of God moving. Because we opened the door for the Father to be the Father. Amen? If you open the door for God to be good, you're tasting. You're tasting. And, and he's starting to, He'll start showing you how good He is. And He'll start showing you, and He'll start giving you things that He knew you needed all along. Amen? He knew you needed them. And, and, and when we got that little girl... It changed my vision of the Father completely. I mean, it, it rocked my world. It turned it upside down because I saw for the first time how much God loved me as His child. And it marked my life. I, can, I can't forget it to this day. When, when things aren't going good in the day, I, I look back and I think, man, my Father cares. He cares. If, I, if I'm unhappy, He cares. Now, He may say, you're being a baby. Because he cares. Amen? Because, you know, a lot of people think love's us all sicky sweet all the time. Love wants you to submit. Right? Why? Because he loves you. He knows the safest place for you is with him. Amen? And, and so, but he marked my life with that little girl. Uh, you know, I could see God before, but then I saw how much he wanted to be good to me because I wanted to be so good to her. Amen? And, and then watch her grow. And she turned 30 this past week. And, and, and she's grown into an amazing woman. She was an easy child. Don't, don't get me wrong. She got into stuff she shouldn't have. But she, she was easy. And she's grown up. And now she's getting ready to adopt as a single mom. And, you know, things that I would think, I wouldn't have done that. But she's doing it. But, the, but that day, back in June of 1993, marked my life forever. Because it marked a place where I saw the goodness of God in a way that I couldn't escape it. Amen? Isn't that a good thing to have those markers? Anybody else got a marker like that? Come on, don't be scared. Come on, let's hear it. You got one? Come on. Go up there by Dan. You go over by Rob. Let's hear him. Go ahead. We'll go, go to Nate um, after him. When I was uh, just just married, I had got a child, and um, my husband drank. I think any of you that listened that heard me talk about that. And I was I was destitute. I didn't know why that happened, and I prayed <clears throat> to the Lord. And uh, I says, well, "What?" What's going on? You know, what's going on? And um, he actually spoke to me, in, I think, in my heart. But he said that he was an alcoholic. Well, when he said that, all of a sudden I knew everything. I knew, I knew where to go. I knew what to do. And so I went outside. 
and I had a hay, hay bales. So I sat down on the hay bale, and he just opened up the earth, the whole thing. He said, this is yours, and uh, because I love you. I'm there for you. This is all yours. And I went, oh, praise the Lord. And that was a mark in my Absolutely. life. After Absolutely. that, he took me right step by step. Let me, I just want to say, because it just, you know, you can think that. But then the next thing I knew was where to go to church. And so I finally struggled through that, got to church, and it was an Assemblies of God. And um, <clears throat> as soon as I walked in the Sunday school class, the teacher said, well, we've been doing this, but I've decided we're going to start at the beginning of the Bible and go through every character and talk about every character. And he walked me all the way up to the um, major prophets. And, and, so, and then I had to move someplace else, and, and God picked up right there. That's how good he is. Amen. He just walked me That's it. right into life. That's right. That and, and, that, and that's what he does. He, 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 every, everything in your life can be God-planned and can be God-designed, right? Or we can walk a different way. And, and the, the marks are only going to be where you were following him. Amen? As we follow him, the, those markers, you know, because when we were, when we, we had gotten away with the, when Ramsey and we'd just gotten away from believing in anything at all, and when he, it wasn't until he brought us back. And then all of a sudden you could see the goodness of God step after step after step. And it happened. It wasn't years. It was months from the time we started believing that we adopted her. So a marker for me, I was about eight or nine. And I remember being on the playground with other kids. And they were talking about one of the scary movies that had come out. And basically an evil spirit came and killed you. And so I was terrified because, <laughs> you know, I'm eight or nine. And, you know... At eight or nine, you don't always have the, the language to articulate to adults how you're feeling and thinking. But I remember every night I would really get scared. And I had a dream that I knew was from the Lord. And in the dream, I remember rebuking the Spirit in the name of Jesus. And from then on, no fear. And so even as a kid, the Lord was showing the goodness of God. And so that was a marker for me. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, sir. Um, so this wasn't too many years ago. So I'm 16, but when I was 13, it was during COVID, so we were stuck at home. And um, so we moved here when I was seven. And since then, I had been, like, really struggling with lying. It was a very big problem for me. And, like, the devil would constantly give it, like, push it at me and make me feel kind of useless and worthless because like you're so bad and um but when i was 13 i was working on a summer packet during the never-ending summer and i went to the living room for something and my mom had a uh, sermon from the 2018 jesus conference and um i couldn't take my eyes off of it and the guy um, he was talking about the love of God in a way that I had never heard before. And he was presenting it in such a way that I felt like if he loves me that much, he can still love me now. And um, that sermon that he was teaching, it really stuck with me. And after that, he changed my life. He opened it up. And I actually learned how to have a relationship with him and I could feel his love and he completely cleaned out all of the junk in me and 
Yeah. And and that's a good point that she makes because when when God showed me that relationship between me and Ramsey was greater than that was just like the relationship between me and him, it caused me to want to be around him more. Right? It, it causes when you start marking the goodness of God, it causes you to want to be around him. Right? Because so many so much of our life we spend walking away, you know, or we don't acknowledge him. Think about this. There's people that the the only marker they ever have in their life is the day they were saved. And there's no other relationship between them and God except that day. Now, they know God's good because they saved them. And don't get me wrong, they're going to go to heaven one day, but they'll miss out on all these other markers because they don't, they don't acknowledge them as the goodness of God. They don't acknowledge them as God loving them. And, and, and you know, people, he restores families. He brings people back together. He, he does things that are so mighty. And sometimes if, if, we don't, if we don't stop and mark that day, we'll forget it. And, and its value won't be what it would have been. Because these things that we mark, as we mark them, you know, a lot of people say, well, God healed me this day. That's a good thing to mark. God, God delivered me this day. But, you know, but when he restores a family, when, when, he, when he restores a relationship, when he, when he saves somebody in your family that you've been praying for, anybody had somebody you've been praying for for, for years and they got saved? Huh? Glory to God. Yeah, that, you, can't, you can't put a value on that. You can't come tell me about that, Rob. You can't put a, because that's a marker of the goodness of God. You prayed and God moved in that person's life. That's the love of God working through you to them. Glory to God. Well, this is a really cool testimony. My father, um, he lives in Poland, and he contracted uh, COVID. Um, actually, he didn't tell me about it, but he just wouldn't answer my text messages. But the Holy Spirit was like, there's something seriously wrong with your dad. So I have a brother. He's 24 now. And I called him, and I said, Chris, you know, I think something's going on with dad. And he said, all right, I'm going to go over there and check it out. Well, before then, he actually, my dad did finally respond, told me he got the COVID, and his girlfriend actually left him at home, and she would just drop food off and Chinese medicine. I mean, if you do Chinese medicine, whatever, but it wasn't working. So he, <laughs> he got so <laughs> he got so sick that when my brother actually went over there, his thermometer wasn't working, his temperature was 104. Um, but the Lord is good, right? So he, he, he was dealing with me. I dealt with my brother. He went over there. He was able to call the ambulance. They gave my dad a shot. The girlfriend didn't want him to go because people were dying in the hospital. But the very next day, my dad did the test of, like, he couldn't breathe anymore. Um, if he raised his hands up, I don't know if it's a test. Anyways, he failed. So they finally took him to the hospital. And this is a phenomenal testimony. The doctor said, it is so bad, the only thing that could save you is plasma. Now, my dad has crazy blood uh, type. It's like hard to find. No plasma around. So my brother, my dad has money. He goes, ah, we'll get some plasma. I know the bank owner of this whatever blood. Well, it failed. And I said, ah. I said, angels, go get the blood. 
And I tell you, within days, my brother calls me and he goes, dude, there's blood, dad's blood, and it saved his life. But here, here's the interesting thing. The whole time I'm thinking, dad's not saved. If he dies, that's, he's going to hell. Like, but here's what I, the Holy Spirit said to me, do not call your dad right now. Because if you call him right now and tell him about Jesus, he's going to think he's dying. So I said, all right. So I waited. And then I'm like, send laborers across his path. I'm telling Renan, Renan, call, call my dad. Get him saved. And Renan's like, no, I think it's got to be you. And do you know, one day the Lord said to me, today's the day. So I got on FaceTime. He's in his little hospital with his buddies that are also recovering from COVID. He's feeling better. And I led him to the Lord. Thank you, Lord. And my dad, who is just, He's got the money. He's got the stuff. I thought, when is he ever going to get saved? And then the Lord made a way. He recovered. He's 100%. He's jogging on the beach. God did a wonderful thing for him. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. And that's a marker you don't forget. How many have gotten to lead somebody to the Lord? Ever led somebody to the Lord? Surely there's more people in here that's led somebody to the Lord. Than... <laughs> Come on, I want to see some hands. I won't call on you. Raise your hand if you let somebody to the Lord. It's the greatest thing ever. It's the greatest thing ever when you know somebody's life has been changed in a moment. The goodness of God has come and, and, and changed them. Glory to God. Amen. And so I'm going to pray for everybody that hasn't that you get to. Amen. 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 Susan, grab, a, grab that mic in Branson and see if there's some people that got some markers in Branson that we can hear from. Put, put Branson on the screen if you can. We like seeing our, our friends and family anyway, don't we? Anyone? Come on over. She was on the screen and then she was gone. Find her again. I'll talk while we do. That was not pretty. Thank you, Lord. You know, some people say, well, what about the day you got married? Wasn't that a marker in your eye? That was a huge marker for both of us. <laughs> we were both running so hard from the Lord, we needed to find each other to help us get to God. Amen? <laughs> I wouldn't forget her. Thank you, Lord. But there's lots of markers. And, and as we get them, can we not get Branson back? Did we lose him? Well, may, maybe Branson's not going to work tonight. Oh, there they are. Wait a second, Susan.
said I would. And uh, so I led him through the prayer. And uh, just within minutes, he was sitting up on the edge of the bed, and he was laughing with me. And he said, you know, I had childhood days. Praise the Lord. You got anybody else, Susan? You got anybody else, Susan? You got anybody else? I was, uh, or still am, I'm a pastor's minister's kid. And uh, my dad primarily is an evangelist, and we would travel all the time. It seemed like we were at a different church every week. And uh, I remember my first marker, well, one of my first markers with the Lord. I was five, and we were in this church in Mississippi. And uh, in the kind of church that I grew up in, it was traditional Pentecostal, and people didn't really associate before service, but they would come to the altar to pray or kneel at their seat, kneel at the pew. And so the church is probably a third halfway full at this time. And uh, maybe it's an hour before service. And uh, people are praying. And my dad, he's the guest minister, and he's on the platform, and he's praying. My mom is next to me. She's on the on her knees praying. And uh, I'm just sitting down in my seat, just being respectful. But I may have had some G.I. Joes or something like that. You know, I'm, I'm only five, and I'm... I'm, I'm uh, I'm not in a spiritual frame or mind at all. I'm uh, just this five, five-year-old little guy. And uh, my dad comes down off the platform, and he comes up to me, and I'm looking up to him, sitting on the pew, and he says, Matt, you need to get down and pray. And my first reaction is just, why? As a little kid, you know, like, why? Isn't that what grown-ups do, you know? Well, so just... I was unwilling, I felt unwilling at the moment, but I, out of obedience to my dad, I did, and and he actually went up ne- back to the platform and got de- back down on his knees to pray, and my mom kind of scooted next to me, and she heard what was going on, and uh, I didn't know really what to do, what to say. I don't was never taught how to pray or how to begin a time of prayer. I'm, I, again, I'm only five, and so... I just started something. I started saying something that I knew. And I had an experience with the Lord. I can't really explain it other than what I'm telling you now. But I had an experience with the Lord where I was not aware of anything else but the Lord's love and his presence. And he fell on me. Like the Bible said in Acts chapter 2, how the Holy Spirit fell on them and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. He fell on me as a little five-year-old guy. And I began to weep out loud, not sorrowful, not sad, but joyful, experiencing the presence of the Lord and the love of God for the first time. And I'm talking in tongues at the top of my voice. And it's so dramatic and so 
spiritual that my mom is is just like sort of like I'm aware of my mom next to me and and she's like whoa what is going on and my dad comes down off the platform and he sits next to me and we're all just this little family of three just talking in tongues at the loud of our at the top of our voice just you know just you know and I, I just remember just being caught up in the presence of God and how his presence was so real how he is so real and his love was so powerful and so strong. And I must have prayed that way for the next 30, 45 minutes. And it was so impactful for me as a five-year-old guy. Five-year-old little guys and girls can get filled with the Spirit, everybody. And uh, I went to the bathroom, you know, before service, and I'm still just overcome by the presence of God. And I'm weeping in the bathroom, and there was another gentleman in there, and he thought I just got spanked or something. But, you know, it wasn't, I didn't get spanked. I got filled with the Holy Ghost. <laughs> and uh, I remember after the service, we were going back to the parsonage or whatever. And I remember, I didn't know one scripture from another. I can't really say that I've ever been in children's church up until that point because we didn't really have children's church, how I grew up. You just sat in the adult services. I can't tell you I knew one scripture, not one. But I remember going over and over in my spirit, man, was this. Honor your father and mother. Honor your father and mother. Honor your father and mother. I don't know. I didn't know that was a scripture. But that phrase just kept repeating and kept repeating. And somehow I knew I need to honor my father and mother. And so from that moment on, it set me on a path to get to know the Lord and to desire him because I experienced him in reality. And not because I was just simply told. Thank you, Lord. That's good. Experience is one of the other words for taste and see. Taste and experience the goodness of God. Taste and experience that he's good. He, he marks us for good. Stand up with us. Stand, everybody stand up. He marks us for good. Brother Morris got that song. Um, great are you, Lord, and greatly to be praised. You're merciful and righteous in all your ways. You are high and lifted up. You're the God who's more than enough. You are a good God, and great are you, Lord. Great are you, Lord, and greatly to be praised. You're merciful and righteous in all your ways. You are high and lifted up. You're the God who's more than enough. You are a good God, and great are you, Lord. Think about it while we're singing. Great are you, Lord, greatly to be praised. You're merciful and righteous in all your ways. You are high and lifted up. You're the God who's more than enough. You are a good God. Great are you, Lord. As we sing this, think about your markers. 
Get joy as you think about it. Acknowledge His greatness. He's a great God. He's a good God. And He does good things. He's done so many good things for all of us. And He's marked them in us. Some of them we've forgotten. But remember them tonight. Remember them tonight. And let that joy fill your heart. Let, that, let the memory of His goodness... that It says taste. One of the things you know is when there's something good that you had before... All you need is a whiff, and you know what it tastes like, and you're ready to have some of it. Well, God is so good, there's nothing better at the table. Glory to God. So so let's sing it together and worship the Lord. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Great are you, Lord, and greatly to be praised. You're merciful and righteous in all your ways. You are high and lifted up. You're the God who's more than enough. You are the good God. Great are you, Lord. Great are you, Lord. Greatly to be. two or three people. It's got a marker. Go to Dan. Go to Rob. Let's give glory to God. I remember one time when I was having a really hard time and I went to God and I said, God, where were you in this? And he kind of jerked me up and he, he said, do you remember when you lived here? And I said, yeah. He said, well, I was there. And he went through every address I ever had and that marked me. But then he let me know that he lived inside of me. The power of God that raised Jesus from the dead lived inside of me. And I went to this convenience store one day. And I was walking out and there was a young girl beside me. And we're just walking from the door to the parking lot. And she said to me, my baby just drowned a few months ago. And I said, God, what do you want me to say to her? He said, you've got me on the inside of you. You tell her how much I love that baby, and you tell her how much I love her and how I have a future for her. I never forgot either one of them. It marked me. I was thinking about my granddaughter here, Jalen. had the privilege to lead her to the Lord in my kitchen a couple of years ago. Singing that song, How Merciful God Is to Me. I was in Vietnam in 67, and we were really hit hard. 
And I cried out to God. I said, God, I don't want to die. I was 19 years old. I said this to him. I said, God, get me out of here. And when I get back to the States, I'm going to serve you. I got back to the States. For five years, I ran from him, got on heroin. He sent a 16-year-old high school girl to me three times. The first two times, I rejected it. And she just kept telling me about Jesus. I knew God. I didn't know Jesus. And she told me about Jesus. And I finally gave my life to the Lord. And I'm so thankful for that. God just reminded me that, you know, when I was about eight years old, I grew up in Zimbabwe in Africa, and my father was um, associated with an American evangelism organization, and God put the United States in my heart as an eight-year-old little girl, and it was my dream to live here. Now, when you grow up in Africa, that's never going to happen. It's just impossible. But I went to a church, a Rama alumni person, and I'm telling you, everybody I knew who didn't even like America was coming to live here. I mean, they didn't even like the country, and I would just get madder and madder and madder, and I like, I was, I would say, God, what about me? This is my dream. And then I get married, and my sweet husband said, "Girl, get America out of your head. I was born in Africa. I'm going to die in Africa." And I just thought, why have you put this love for this country and these people in my heart and made it so impossible? And when I was about 28 or 29, in three months, God changed everything. God did the impossible. He brought us to the United States. It was absolutely impossible for us to immigrate. We were actually in deportation proceedings. And God did a miracle. The judge literally worked as acted like he was our lawyer and God gave us citizenship. I mean, something that was completely impossible. And God just reminded me that was my childhood impossible dream and he made it come true. Sometimes remembering, uh, it, it takes faith to remember. All right? You, right now in this moment, you might not think of all the different things that the Lord's done for you that's so awesome but um, the Lord has marked me over and over and over again in my life with his goodness and uh, and even in that you you have to exercise that muscle to remember what he's saying and uh, just this past year there was a you know something that Rachel and I was going through and uh, we like to do this we say this to one another we need to remember what God has done for us and in the moment, I was so uh, uh, just caught up in what was going on that I, I didn't want to remember, honestly. I was just kind of like, yes, you know, I mean, yeah, we need to remember, you know. And so we just started with the first smallest little thing that we could think of. And uh, from Thursday to Sunday, though, we stayed in that. We stayed in that. And by Sunday... The Lord brought something to my remembrance, and that's just what the Holy Spirit does. He brings it to our remembrance. And uh, he brought something to me of a story, and, and uh, he just supernaturally provided for us. And uh, I was, we were sharing that, and the Lord just encouraged me in that memory. And 
it just got so big in us, just remembering all the goodness that, you know, that he's done for us. And uh, in about a week's time after that, just stirring ourselves up in that way, the Lord brought in, uh, it, it was a monetary situation, he brought in uh, just under $10,000 to turn that situation around. And, uh, you know, it, just again and again, the Lord has marked our lives with his goodness. And, and uh, you just got to exercise that muscle. You might not remember it right now, but throughout this evening and the, the weeks following, you know, just stir yourself up in this. Glory to God. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. Thank you, Lord. Susan, find two or three more there. You are a good God. Great are you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Great are you, Lord, and greatly to be praised. You're merciful and righteous in all your ways. You are high and lifted up. You're the God who's more than enough. You are a good God. And great are you, Lord. Great are you, Lord. Greatly to be praised. You're merciful and righteous in all your ways. You are high and lifted up. You're the God who's more than enough. You are a good God. Great are you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Susan, you got anybody out there? When I was a young girl, I don't know how old I was, but I was over at my my grandma's house. And my uncle was living there at the time. And I don't even know if he was even saved at this time, but he had been around my grandma enough to know. But um, it was storming really, really bad outside, and I got in a lot of fear. And um, he told me, he said, Heather, you know what? He said, there's a, the verse in the Bible that talks about having fear. And he gave me Second Timothy 1.7, For God hath not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And that moment changed my life forever. And even now, as I'm older, God will always take me back to that same scripture. And like I said, my uncle, I don't even know if he was even saved at that time. So basically a sinner gave me that scripture that I still stand on to this very day. It's the one and only scripture that I ever knew growing up, but I remembered it. And for every life event, that scripture is the one I always stand on. There you go. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, there we go. Sister Velvet and I, we both really wanted Billy Bob teeth. They were the really horrendous looking, you know, hillbilly like plastic fake teeth. And uh, so we went to my mom. And when they first came out, they were really expensive at the one party store we had seen them at, maybe like 50 bucks or something. And my mom's like, no, I am not buying those for you. Like, <laughs> I spent lots of money on your teeth. We're not doing that. And she's like, but you can, you know, you can ask the Lord for it if you want to. So my sister and I prayed. You know, Lord, you know, we'd really like to teeth, released our faith for it. Well, I think it might have been a month or two later, end of the summer, uh, grew up as a pastor's kid. We had gone to a minister's conference, had lunch with this couple and uh, that my parents knew. 
And so that was in June. And I think towards the end of the summer, we get this box. And in this box, we opened it up, and there were two pairs of Billy Bob teeth. <laughs> and then also, like, a toy and a book from my youngest sister. But my sister and I just started, like, freaking out and jumping up and down and screaming and stuff. And we're like, ah! And my mom's like, what? <laughs> but it was like, I think my mom, sorry, I'm going to cry. My mom said something like, if God cares about those stupid Billy Bob teeth, <laughs> he can get you anything, you know, if you believe. And as silly as that was, I have held on to that for years. Even when my husband and I were believing the Lord for our house and the seller was being a real bully and texting me every day with really hateful things and how they were going to cancel and stuff. It was like, if I can get you those bully bog teeth, I can get you that house I told you I was going to. So the Lord is good. There you go. If you can get Billy Bob teeth. But see, see what she said there is something. It, when, when he marks you, you can remember that, and that takes you to the next place and the next place and the next place and takes you to the day where you're believing for your home and you're believing for your kids to come to Christ and you're believing for your family to come back together. And you go back and you go, man, if he would give you Billy Bob teeth, he would surely give you, huh? Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Did you have anybody else, Susan? Uh, speaking of Bible camps and VBS and your parents sending you off, I was at a camp when I was 10 years old, and um, I grew up in a church that there was not really any Holy Spirit. You know, you knew the Bible stories, but it wasn't Spirit-filled. And I was um, as 10 years old in, in worship during Bible camp, and I don't, I think the Lord or an angel or probably God, all of a sudden my hands were up and you didn't put hands up in church in my church and i was like put those hands down this is not what is going on here and one night during that week the lord showed up in my cabin there were 14 girls all sleeping and it was probably one or two in the morning and all of a sudden i was wide awake and his presence filled that cabin and i sat up in bed and i i could tell he was i'd never experienced that before i didn't know and um I just knew in my heart that he had something for me to do. And it wasn't until years, years later um, that that was the night that marked the call to ministry. And so as a kid, there's so much that the Lord will minister to those little ones. And it's so, so important. I'm just thankful. And, you know, you can go from something like that to Billy Bob Teeth. You know, the, the marker, you know, so many people are looking for that, that, big light in the sky and that that earth-shaking moment but it's where you recognized god was good that's why this song came to my heart because it says you are a good god you are a good god and great are you lord and and he's such a good god and and he's put these markers in our life And, and for us to remember them tonight and as we leave here tonight to remember these things and to let god bring them back up and mark our spirits and, 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 and then go further. Just like she said, if God can give me this, He'll do anything. If God gave Jesus, if He loved you so much, and He saved you, and, and, and He brought you into the family, there's nothing He wouldn't give you. And that, that's what changed me when I looked at that little girl, and I, and I said to her, the first, I think it was like the first or second night, and she was crying, and I said, don't you know 
There's nothing I wouldn't do for you. And God said, don't you know there's nothing I haven't done for you? Write back to me. A marker. A marker. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Great are you, Lord, and greatly to be praised. You're merciful and righteous in all your ways. You are high and lifted up. You're the God in more than enough. You are a good God. Great are you, Lord. Great are you, Lord. Greatly to be praised. You're merciful and righteous in all your ways. You are high lifted up. You're the God who's more. You are a good God. Great are you, Lord. I'm looking for two more good ones. Somebody's been sitting there thinking I should give this, but I just don't know. Come on. Come on, Daniel. I'm waiting on you. Somebody on this side. One more. I'm going to give the mic to Dan. I'm going to wait for you to come down to it. So, um, back when we first moved to Branson, we were there before we were here, and we hadn't been there very long, but we kind of, we started learning about prosperity and started trying to act like we were prosperous before we really were. So we got in way over our head, and one night, <clears throat> I went to, we were broke, we were behind, probably two or three vehicle payments. Christmas time was coming. We had nothing yet under the tree. And uh, I went to the grocery store. I think I had $2. And I went and rented. I'm saying specific things because it marked me so much. I went and rented Iron Man 2 and came back to the house. And me and the boys watched it. They were little at the time. And then after that movie went off, I remember turning the channel. And I heard Joyce Meyer say, you need to say something good's going to happen to you today. So I said, I mean, it grabbed me. And I said, something good's going to happen for us today. And I just kept saying it. And about that time, I heard my phone ring, and it was upstairs. And I thought, and I just had this quickening. You need to go up there and get the phone. So I went up there, and I had a missed call. And I called back, and this person said, Daniel, and I didn't know. He even knew who I was. This was a man of God that it was just amazing that he even knew who I was or much less how to call me. And he said, what's going on? And I said, oh, good. And he said, don't lie to me. Do you have some things that you need to get taken care of? And I said, yes, sir. And he said, what is it? And I'm sitting there thinking, oh, my God. And he starts rolling them up. Are you behind on car payments? Do you need some extra money for Christmas? And I said, yes, sir, yes, sir. And he said, give me an amount. And, of course, then what do you do? I'm <laughs> and this amount came to me, and I said, this much. And he said, I'll have a check to you by tomorrow. And 
It was all I could do. I mean, we just, we'd never had something that supernatural happen before. But the thing about it was, and he did it. He did it the very next day, just like he said he would. But Felicia and I got so excited because we said, this is great, and this is awesome, and it's great, but the day is coming. We'll be the ones making that phone call. And he's used us to do it many, many, many times, and we'll keep doing it. But glory to God, that certainly marked me. When I uh, got saved, it was in a small church. First of all, you got to know that I'm from Louisiana. And Brother Jesse says, when you're from Louisiana, you got to be a Catholic Catholic at least once. So I was raised as a Catholic. But anyway, um, I got saved, received the Holy Ghost at the same time at this little church. And the preacher, the the minister would say all the time, you need to go out and witness to people. They got people out there that want to hear about God. They want to hear about Jesus. And everybody I had ever witnessed to that looked at me like I was crazy. And I said, well, Lord, how come I can't meet none of those people? <laughs> so, so I said, well, Lord, I want give me at least one somebody that would listen to what I got to say about Jesus. So I uh, went on. This particular day I was at work, and it was an afternoon. And it was coffee break time, so I had to go. We had a little coffee pot set up, and I'd go into the to the conference room and get afternoon coffee. So I passed by. Well, when I passed by to go into the room, there was a clerk sitting there, a secretary sitting. Her desk was there. You had to pass right in front of her office, or her desk rather, to get into the, to the thing. So when I passed through, the Holy Ghost say, witness to her. I looked at I said, Lord, that woman ain't going to what I got to say. And I went on in. Coffee wasn't done. I mean, it wasn't any coffee. So I said, well, I won't think about it. And I turned around and headed back out. He said, you always want to witness to somebody. Witness to her. I said, okay, I will. So I started talking about Jesus and, talk, and talking to her. And it turned out that she had been saved, but she hadn't received the Holy Ghost yet. And uh, so we were talking about it, and and I was just I was on fire. I was I was excited about it because it was the biggest experience I had ever had. Anyway, and she's intently listening, just listening, just listening. Didn't ask any questions, wasn't saying a word, but everything I said, she listened to. So I, so that night we had an all night service at the church. It was New Year's, New Year's Eve. So I didn't invite her. I just said something about we were going to be in church that night and everything. Went to church that night, and there she was. She was sitting there. She received the baptism of the Holy Ghost that night. Years later, I married that lady. (laughs) That's the goodness of God. He got Miss Shannon out all that. That's a good thing. two or three months ago I was hanging out with my spiritual mother and uh, we were going to get in the jacuzzi and uh, I got in first and all of a sudden I don't know what happened but she fell and I'm inside the jacuzzi thinking I'm screaming but no sound was coming out so quickly I run up but what was amazing is that when somebody falls something goes up because you try to catch yourself she 
put her hand like this, she went like this. And I was like, like, astonished. Um, and then I jump out of the, the pool and I try to do what I do and check on her, make sure she didn't break her hip or something. She was fine. She says, worry, sweetheart, the Holy Spirit brought me down. And I was like, I was like shaking, but, you know, I was focused, make sure she's okay. But I was like, so are we of the goodness of God because if my profession something like that does not turn out good, you know, even it's a broken something because we're in a concrete floor. So then I checked for everything. She didn't have one scratch, not one scratch. Now you go down on the ground, most likely something's going to happen. But, you know, it was God all the way, all the way. And I was just like, by the time I come down, then I just start bawling. And she said, sweetheart, the Holy Spirit brought me down. And I was like, it was a profound moment because it's like that's only God can do something like that. And then the enemy starts to play in your mind, looping and looping and looping. You know, whenever I see the image, you know, I try to cast it down, cast it down. And, you know, and God just showed me I can take care of it better than you, not to be concerned. And it was just a mark in my life because it was a witness that, wow, the Holy Spirit took her down on the concrete floor and she was upright she fell upright and there's not one scratch that is the goodness of God glory to God Susan give me one more over there thank you Lord thank you Lord great are you Lord and greatly to be praised you're merciful and righteous in all your ways you are high and lifted up you're the god who's more than enough you are a good god great are you lord i was praying in my bedroom one day and i was looking out the window and the whole wall disappeared, the window disappeared, and there was Jesus standing there in a long gray tunic. And he never said a word, but what emanated from him, and if you can even envision anything emanating from God, was love and compassion. And that's, and he brought back, when he ministered on earth, he was moved with compassion. And he's moved with compassion over all of us. The love of God, that, that, that's what your markers are. That, that, that's what marks us. We, we, we have a realization and an acknowledgement that he did that for us because he loved us. He saved us. He took us to this next place. And, and, he, and he gave us a lady in a vacation Bible school to, to let us know that he's only good. And, and he takes us all through our life. And as we're teenagers, as we go through that, even when we're being stupid, He's right there. Amen? And, and He's there, and there's markers even in those times where you ran. And God will show you those. And, and, and He'll bring those to you, and, and He'll help you to rejoice and to reflect and, and, to, and to realize if He'll do that, it doesn't matter what you're going through today. It doesn't matter what, where you're at. It doesn't matter what's happened. The God that loves you, the good God, 
He's here. He's here for you. And He's right in here. He's greater than anything coming against you. And He'll mark this day as your next marker of the goodness of God. Glory to God. Thank You, Lord. Just praise Him. Thank You, Lord. Thank You, Father. Thank You, Lord. Thank You, Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Great are you, Lord. Greatly to be praised. You're merciful and righteous. prayers you've been praying God's working he's working he's working it out for those people you've been praying for he's working it out in your life he's a good God he's a good God don't if you don't if you don't take anything else from tonight mark this night that you remember he was a good God he's been good he is good he's always good And it's not just something we say. We have markers in our life to prove it. We have days, we have moments, we have weeks, we have years where He has, we know His hand's been on us the whole time, every step. Mark those days, keep them in your heart, bring them up. And then remember, if He'll do that, everything else is going to be good. It's going to be good because we serve a good God. Hallelujah. Altar care workers come home.